Our Old Testament reading for today comes to us from the 19th chapter of the book of Exodus. In this portion of Exodus, the people of Israel have escaped Egypt. They've, of course, walked on the dry ground in the Red Sea, and then the plagues have befallen uh, Pharaoh and his Egyptians. And they stand at the, the, the base of Mount Sinai as Moses goes up, uh, and God tells him that these are the rules to follow if you are to be my people, and you will be my God, and I will be your God. The people of Israel sent out from Rephidim and came to, into the wilderness of Sinai, and they encamped in the wilderness. There Israel encamped before the mountain while Moses went up to God. The Lord called, out, called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples. For all the earth is mine and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. All the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading for today is from the fifth chapter of St. Paul's letter to the Roman church. Uh, throughout uh, the book of Romans, St. Paul puts this comparison of this burden that we have of knowing God's rules, his law, how we should keep his law, but also how even in our failing of keeping the Lord's law, we are saved by the grace of Christ. And this continues here, comparing the failure of the first man, Adam, to the success of Christ. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies... We were reconciled to God by the death of, this, of his son. Much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please rise as we hear from the God. 
Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the ninth chapter. Jesus sends his disciples out to preach his word and to bring the peace of God to the world. Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And he called to him his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. The names of the twelve apostles are these. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them. Now go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You received without paying, give without pay. Acquire no gold or silver nor copper for your belts, no bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor a staff, for the laborer deserves his food. And whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it and stay there until you depart. As you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. And if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your word, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. Truly I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake, to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you shall say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to each and every one of you through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As an exasperated parent declares, I just need some peace and quiet. Or when you've accomplished a task that's been weighing on your shoulders, you might say, this will give me peace of mind. Peace is the absence of conflict. Often we consider peace in terms of armed conflict, things like war, because when war ends, there's 
peace talks or there's peace treaties or a peace has been brokered. But in each and every one of our lives, we seek peace, don't we? It's a state of being that we want. We want peace with our life, peace with our decisions, peace with our family. It's what we're striving for. But unfortunately, how often does conflict still rear its ugly head? Sometimes that conflict's between nations and they go to war. Sometimes it's between people and they argue. Or maybe even conflict arises inside our own hearts. As we struggle to do the things we are supposed to do and not do what we have been told not to do. But conflict can also take place between us and God, can it? St. Paul in his letter to the Romans says this, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies... We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. The conflict between us and God is, is embodied in this one word that St. Paul uses. He uses the word enemies. Enemies usually don't reconcile. Enemies go to war. Enemies disagree. Enemies fight. And he says that we were enemies with God. Now sometimes in a conflict, the result is not always obvious. We don't know which side is going to win. But if it's a conflict between us and God, if God and us are enemies, that outcome is not in question, is it? God wins. God always wins. God always is the most powerful. So to call us enemies of God should scare us. Because becoming enemies of God is not a position we want to be in. Enemies is the opposite of peace. And conflicts with God will not turn well with us. You know, this morning when you read from the Exodus reading, I, I had an internal chuckle as, as I hear the words of the Israelites because I know the rest of this story. As, they, as they've witnessed all these miraculous things that God has done in Egypt as he has brought the plagues down upon the people of Egypt, he has had the, the angel of death pass over the house of the Israelites. He has parted the Red Sea and the Israelites walk across on dry ground and here they are at the base of the mountain of Sinai and God tells Moses, go tell them what it means to be my people. Tell them my law, tell them my commands. And Moses does so and what do the people of Israel say? They say, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. It's all well and good until a couple of chapters later when they make a golden calf and start to worship it. Or they enter the wilderness and start complaining and talking about how great Egypt was. Or even when they enter the promised land and start worshiping foreign gods there. 
list could go on and on and on. And I'm sure we too have this same reaction. We hear, we sit here in church and we hear these words of God, we hear these commands, and we say, well, all the Lord has said I will do. Then we enter into our lives and those poisonous words that hurt others still pass our lips. Or the arrogance and greed and desire wells up within us and we have conflict in ourselves and we act in ways that God has called us not to act. Violence and lust or selfishness rear their ugly head and soon we are in conflict with God and we seek peace. We want peace between us and others and us and God. We don't want to be enemies with God. When Jesus sends out his disciples into the, the, the people around and, and, and he tells them to preach. He tells them to go and tell them that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it and stay there until you depart. As you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. And if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. Truly, I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Bring peace to these homes. What peace do the disciples bring? They bring the word of God. And there are going to be some who hear that word of God and say, I don't want it. Get rid of it. It doesn't apply to me. And there's going to be some who hear that word of God and feel peace. Peace because the word of God tells us that while, yes, we were once enemies with God, yes, we were in conflict with God, we were on the losing side of a war with God, God himself signed the peace treaty. And the ink he used was the blood of his son, Jesus. As he said, I love these people and they have sinned, but I will redeem them with the blood of my own son. Jesus is here offering himself as a sacrifice of peace. Creating peace between us and God healing that rift, reconciling this division that we have with him because of our past, because of our sin, because of our words and our actions that are against God. We can know that we are forgiven. We can know that it is washed away. We can know that our lives are not going to end in death, but will continue on into eternity because we have made peace with God we are at peace because he has saved us. And as St. Paul pointed out, we were ungodly when he offered this peace to us, when he created this peace for us. We were sinners, and yet God still reached into our lives, gave us his grace, gave us his forgiveness. Because we certainly couldn't earn it, and we certainly don't deserve it. And so he allows us now 
in that same peace to reach out. To reach out with that same reconciliation. To reach out with that same forgiveness. To reach out with that same grace, that undeserved love that came our way free of charge to us, but deeply expensive to him. And in that reaching out, we can reach out and give peace like the disciples did. Give peace to those who feel their sins and know they've done wrong. Reconciliation with those who we have broken with. Because we know that our relationship with God is healed not by our hard work, not by our deserving of it, not by our payment, but by His. By His love for us. And so we go out into our world knowing full well that yes, we will make those mistakes. Yes, we will break God's law, not willingly, but we do it but going out into our world prepared to offer the same peace the disciples had. The peace of knowing that we are forgiven in Christ and that our futures are assured in him. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.